everybody for the Alabama Crimson Tide always loves a little good news when it comes to the defensive line. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. That's not Luke Robinson right there. I've got it all mixed up. I've, I've had a long day. I'm going to start over. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Lockdown Battle. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. And I'm not starting a podcast over literally just doing this. So, anyway, Jimmy, good news for the Alabama defensive line is Justin Aboigbee is 100% ready to rock and roll for 2023. This is a big, big piece of news for the 2023 defense. Oh, no doubt. You know, he's playing his best football. The time he hurt his neck last year, I thought he might have even been the best defensive lineman on the team at that particular time. And, uh, again, we talked about this before. Don't look for the stat sheet, you know, to, to prove what I'm saying. I mean, uh, our, our defensive linemen, I mean, in terms of what we'd like them to do is affect the, you know, defeat the block, uh, occupy your gap to the point that it disrupts what the offense's plans are. And uh, Boyd is really good at that. Uh, he gets off blocks well, uh, eats up space well. He's He, he, he can rush the passer, but he, he's good against the run. And uh, most importantly, this will be his fifth year at Alabama starting football games. That sort of experience and maturity just simply cannot be replaced. And uh, I, I think he's a key part of what looks to be a really good rotation. I know everybody – wants, oh, when are we going to have another Q? When are we going to have another Marcel Darius? When are we going to have another Jonathan Allen? Well, those guys uh, aren't are, are, are around all the time. So the best next best thing you can do is have a wave of good players, and Alabama probably will have their best defensive line situation in several seasons. Wave of players like a Boyd B and Otis and Tim Smith, guys we know are good. And then here comes a whole – Damon Payne, Jamarian Latham, and Jamil Burroughs, who have all played first-team snaps for multiple seasons in some cases in the past. And the great news is it's just whispers that we hear. You don't, don't know what's true, and we probably make too much of the photos and video we get. But uh, there's early indications that James Smith has been just too good to keep out of that rotation and that there's a good chance that James Smith will be a big part of things in the fall on the defensive line, which is really impressive considering who he had to – leapfrog uh to earn snaps if it's true we'll, we'll, we'll know more on a day yeah we certainly will i'm looking forward to seeing him for one i mean that's one of the most exciting uh guys we signed in, a, in an incredible class so yeah james smith's a big deal but i want to get back to a boy be here for a second because i, I do think we can't undersell this um he only played in five in four games last year um looking at the statistics he had 11 total tackles. You know, it doesn't wow you. I get it. But he's not from a position that's going to wow you with a bunch of tackles. Uh, that's the way it is. Um, he ended up with no sacks and, um, you know, no fumbles recovered, nothing like that. But I think we all know he's, he's been on the precipice of being extraordinarily good at times. And then um, I don't remember the exact moment or the exact uh, time he got 
hurt, but I know Vanderbilt was his last game last year. Do you, do you remember anything about his injury from last year? I believe in terms of when the injury happened or at least when they when they got, you know, an indication that something was wrong and Sears was actually in the practice field. So I'm not sure anything specifically happened in a game that, that caused his, uh, his, his situation, which was very serious at one point. Uh, they had to send him to a, a, a specialist, and if not the work of that specialist, had been playing football again. This is what I remember, Luke, in terms of tangible evidence that it's not just us being Homer Alabama fans. I remember thinking of Boydby had been maybe our best defensive lineman two weeks in a row. And I remember commenting right here locked on Bama. Uh, I think we, we commented and, and both agreed. I'm like, you know, I'm not so sure the past two weeks that the best defensive lineman on the field hadn't been Justin Aboigbe. He's been really good. And then when we get off the air and I'm doing my normal Sunday thing of just reading voraciously about all that happened over the weekend, I remember a tweet from Jim Nagy with the Senior Bowl saying, uh, there are three Alabama defensive linemen that have really caught our attention in the early going. All three are playing great. And he was referring to DJ Dale, Byron Young, and Justin Aboigbe. And I know uh, from my history with Jim Nagy and reading his tweets and stuff, I went ahead and you can almost count that as a senior bowl invitation. I mean, that that's how he, you know, that's not how he announces it. I'm just saying Maggie, when he's really complimentary of a player, you can almost uh, smell the postage stamp being applied to the invite uh, from the senior bowl. And uh, I remember that tweet really well, right after me and you got off the air talking about, man, a boy has been really good these past two weeks. And as we know, both Byron Young and DJ Dale did in fact, uh, participate in the senior bowl and are both uh, highly likely to be drafted. I think a Boydby, had he never been hurt, he would be right there with, with young and, and Dale, you know, in terms of like going in the draft, going to the senior bowl, going to the combine, but he got hurt. And it's one of the few things that went, you know, I wouldn't say it's a good bounce for Alabama. It was so unlucky. I don't want to say it was really misfortune for Justin, but, but, but that was Alabama's fortune because we're getting another year out of him and uh, boy, experience and maturity and age, I mean, those San Diego State basketball players that beat us were all 25 years old. So it's helpful when you have a couple of older guys on the team. And and Justin, this will be his starting games at Alabama, not just being on the team. You're doing that shtick again where you're muted. I'm, it's a I shtick. Did it you know? again. It's a and shtick. I, I was so excited to get this next joke out where I said I was going to say, you guys know – if you've ever listened to Jimmy Stein, you know if there's one thing you can't stop him from doing is reading voraciously. I do read voraciously. That's the only way to read. I don't do anything else voraciously. Well, I don't know. I drink a lot of beer. <laughs> I, I swear it's not a stick, y'all. I'm just this bad at this. It's but, not, not a stick. Luke, Luke accidentally leaves the mute on, and I drink a lot of beer. Those were not. Those are not SNL skits. And what's even funnier is like, this is, this is sweet. I am Jesus. far and away. I am far and away the more tech savvy of the two of us. That is true. <laughs> this that's is true. also true. Um, but of course, that's like being the world's tallest midget. Um, okay. So, Jimmy, I yes. don't know if we can say midget anymore. I probably will get censored for that. I don't didn't mean it in a bad way. Uh, whatever. FanDuel. <laughs> <laughs> and now FanDuel. 
<laughs> Let me tell you about FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet. You can't beat that. It's up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet on everything from the money line to points scored to rebounds to threes drained, whatever you want. You can include uh, spreads, money line total, player points, rebounds, assists, uh, exclusive bets like the two times three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Yeah, they, they will have odds on that. That's pretty cool. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I didn't say it earlier, so I'll say it now. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys a ton. Uh, Jimmy, the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh away, and now it is takingeth away Jaden Bradley. Look, I would be lying if I said I didn't think this was, um, the, you know, a possibility, but I'm a little shocked now. Um, I don't know necessarily it means that JQ is 100% coming back, although I think he will be coming back. I don't think that's what it means at all. Uh, frankly, the more I think about this, and maybe this is me with crimson colored glasses, I understand. I get it. I get it from a Jaden Bradley perspective and an Alabama perspective. Um, I feel like uh, he's the kind of guy that may not be perfectly suited for us. I loved watching him play. I think he's got a very New York style that I dig. Um, I really like Jaden Bradley a lot. Don't, I would love to have him on this ball club. However, he's not a great three-point shooter. He's not a great shooter, period. He's a drive guy, and that's fantastic. He also got himself into some foul trouble. He would, you know, uh, get a bunch of charges from time to time, it seemed like. But um, I don't think it's a horrible loss. That being said, I like him a ton. I wish you were on this team. I, I, I don't know another way to say this. I don't think this is devastating, though. No, it's not devastating. I mean, my rant is not about, dang it, we won't have Jaden Bradley next season as wrecked. That, that's not my rant at all, because like, like you, Luke, uh, I don't believe a loss is devastating or that we can't find a suitable replacement. I'm also optimistic, like you, that Javon Quinterly will return and be the primary point guard, and hopefully Mark Sears is returning, and he can play the point as well. And who knows what will happen in the portal. But, uh, you know, my rant or where I'm upset about it, I wasn't really lashing out at Jaden. So much as just, you know, the state of the game. It's just real sad to me. I mean, Jaden Bradley is the fourth McDonald's All-American to enter the portal that was a, an All-American in 2022. That was just a year ago. Literally a year ago, he's named an All-American. His recruitment is a huge deal. He picks Alabama. It's a big deal. And now he's in the portal. And, and again, there's three others. Uh, I, you know, I get a little frustrated. I read a lot of comments from fans. And, and, and as you all know, I famously get a little frustrated over it. I, you know, my, my comments are really about, you know, I've seen just a lot of statements that get to me a little bit. But people have to realize this isn't an Alabama problem. You might think it's an Alabama problem because Bradley's in the in, in the in the portal and he's an All-American and why is he leaving? And 
you know, there's three other McDonald's All Americans in the same from the same cycle that are in the portal too. Uh, it's just the the new world where you have to reinvent most of your roster every year. I went back and looked in, uh, you know, and I, I, here I'm doing the old man, you know, screaming at kids getting off my lawn thing. But I went back and 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 looked at the 1992 uh, Alabama basketball roster and see that. James Robinson, who was a, a, a first-round pick, was in his third year at Alabama. Robert Horry, uh, who would be a first-round pick, was in his fourth year at Alabama. Latrell Sprewell only in his second year, but he was out of junior college. He stayed both years. That he, uh, Jason Caffey was a future uh, first-round pick. He was on that team. He was a freshman, but he would hang around three more seasons after that freshman year and and develop into a first-round pick and. Those days are just gone, Luke. I mean, that that would never happen now. It would never, ever happen. Those, those WIMP teams that so many people our age are still in love with, it would never happen now. That's a relic uh, in, until the rules are changed, if they ever are. We are stuck with reinventing our roster every season. And here's the good news. We just did it, and it worked great. We just did it, and it worked great. We were the first ever Alabama number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. So I'm not saying Alabama's screwed or Alabama's hosed under this system. I'm not saying that at all. There's all the evidence in the world that Alabama actually thrives in this new world system. But the year before I made the tournament, yeah, and they had some nice November and December wins, uh, enough to get into the tournament. And the year before, when all this sort of started, Alabama was a good team. So I'm not lamenting saying, oh, Alabama is just, it's never. But I am saying this, be prepared. You know, Kentucky's been doing this for a while, Luke. Before the transfer portal really took off, Kentucky's been doing a lot of remaking the roster every single season. And look how upset they are. Yeah, and it goes back to what I've been saying that it just gets so hard to wrap your arms around any of these basketball teams anymore. It just gets so hard. I mean, look, we fall in love with we fell in love with this team this year, but man, they, they're gone so quickly. I mean, it's almost like a summer fling instead of a relationship. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. um, I mean, Brandon Miller's gone because he's and, and Noah Clowney because they're so good. Uh, Jaden Bradley's gone because he's transferring. Uh, Gurley's departing because he's a senior. You know, who knows about Betty Ako and JQ? And, I mean, if there's still rumors out there we could lose another guy to the portal. I don't think there'll be any more portaling from my little investigation. But um, I just – man, it, you're right about the J- – Jason Caffey's a good call. Like, you don't – you're not going to get to actually watch anybody grow in your system anymore. And you, you wonder – you know, the whole thing, we get so proud when we watch alums in the NFL or – uh, in the NBA or baseball, even wherever, golf. And you wonder, like, we always assume that they're as big Alabama fans as we are, or anybody wonders that about their certain team. And I just wonder if they remember their time here, you know? Yeah. And um, the and thing wonder, that, are we going to, and I'm not, I'm not being negative on – I'm not upset at Jaden Bradley. I mean, this is his career, and, and it's his family's business. It's his career. But I, I think this is – let's let's just pick a school he's going to go – let's say he goes to Oregon or Michigan is the rumor, by the way. Uh, are we going to root for him? 
You know, we did that. We do that in football generally. When our football players leave and they go somewhere else and, and our feelings weren't hurt over it, like they were with Drew Sanders, I think, to an extent. I guess what I, I, Jalen Hurts. J- Jalen Hurts, we rooted for. Jaylen, I mean, Jalen Hurts is one of us. Yeah, yeah. We were rooting for Jalen Hurts. But, but he's different. D Hart. I mean, God, he, that's going back a while. Uh, I, I'm just saying that. It feels different in basketball. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to be a Jaden Bradley fan with where he ends up. And and, and, and it's just simply because I don't know him. I don't know yeah. him. Well, that, that's, that, that's a good point. Now, instead of, instead of, you know, people were saying this is almost like rent a player. It's almost like rent a school. Yeah. You know, but because you're really, the player now has no relation. It's like me with a rental car. When, I, when I'm in that rental car, I'm like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, I better get the insurance. I'm going to beat the hell out of this thing. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I hate to be cynical here, but let me tell some folks who are – some people are too – because I've read a lot of Jaden Bradley stuff, and a lot of people don't even mention NIL. And I'm not saying that's it. I'm not saying that's it. I, I'm not sitting here reporting that. But I will say this, whether we're talking about Jaden Bradley or, or not, I'm afraid this is what happened. A lot of good players that think they have NBA futures. See, there's this idea with kids that this is how you cash in on NIL. In recruiting, when it's like, you know, coming out of high school and, hey, I'm up for bid. When it's recruiting, I can cash in on NIL. When I get in the portal, it's recruiting all over again. That's when I cash in. I'm not going to stay in right where they don't care about me anymore. Uh, and, and so they're the thinking, and I'm being the cynic here, the thinking is, I got to be recruited to get what I need NIL wise. So maybe a lot of kids are out there going, you know what? I'm going to come out of high school. I'm going to cash in on some NIL money as a freshman, and then I'm getting in the portal, and I'm going to cash in again. And after year two, I enter the draft. So that way, I have money, money, draft. And I'm not saying that's what happened with Jaden Bradley. And I'm not pointing at a specific kid. I'm just saying that's out there, right? That's out there, and yeah. and it's scary because. Um... You know, you think about uh, even even go to the Iowa LSU controversy. You know, other than the refereeing, which apparently was god awful, I I didn't really notice it much because I turned it off when LSU was obviously going to win. But the whole Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark thing, the, and the way I tie this in is I'm just you know, and I know every generation, every older generation, always feels like this. Like the game that I fell in love with is sort of going by the wayside, and is going by the wayside very quickly. You know, the whole thing about Caitlin Clark doing the John Cena, you can't yeah. see me, which I just, this is so stupid anyway. Mind. And then Angel Reese follows her around and does it. it why is it, it, it okay? But and then Angel Reese is very unapologetic about it in the post game. Um, and now people have turned it into a race thing. And my, my thing is this, why it's okay to say, Hey, you know, Caitlin Clark probably shouldn't have done that. Angel Reese, I don't think should have done that. And it's okay to say it was a little, it was bad sportsmanship. And instead of saying everybody just needs to accept the way that we um, now, the way everybody plays basketball in a very cocky manner, why can't we say, let's, let's try and dial it back a little bit. Same thing with the transfer portal. Um, Let's, can we try to dial it back a little bit? Yes, I know schools got greedy and I know that conferences got greedy and I know it was all about money and coaches got greedy. All these things happened. I understand, but the, when we keep 
you know, what's the old saying? Two wrongs don't make a right. And three rights make a left. But several wrongs definitely don't make a right. So let's just try and get a stranglehold back on this sport, or at least a hug around it. Uh, you know, kind of a the, the hug you give an aunt, not the hug you give a dying mother or something. Anyway, that's yeah, a I'm terrible way to say it. We've said it a million times, both of us. Neither one of us are against the idea of NIL. Like, we're not against name, image, and likeness of the kids making money off their name, image, and likeness while they're in school. It's not that. It's the way it's being used by the schools that are and collectives and everything else. I mean, it's the way it's being utilized, which is uh, creating just an untenable situation. And and in the end, I mean, I'm pro-kid. Is Jaden Bradley going to graduate from college? Is he going to graduate? No, he's going to play in the NBA. Is he? The kid that I just saw, I, oh, that will be brutal. He don't play for us anymore. The kid I saw this year ain't going to play in the NBA. That's not, an NBA. That's not an NBA basketball player. Now, can he develop into an NBA basketball player? Definitely. He is definitely the type kid that would be extremely well served playing four years of college basketball. And at the end of year four, he's a maybe. The kid that I saw play this year is absolutely not an NBA basketball player. He can't shoot the ball. That's kind of important when you play out on the perimeter in the NBA. They expect you to hit shots when you have somebody in your face. He, he doesn't even hit the ones when there's nobody there. So the irony is and improve. The irony is in three years, he'll probably play for San Diego State because they're old, all old basketball players go to Dallas. But anyway, um, and he'll be, he'll be a good, be good player in year four, like all those San Diego State players are in year six. Or six and and they beat all they beat our 19 year olds you know <laughs> let's uh let's take a break when we come back we're going to very quickly talk about five potential alabama flip candidates as brought to you by the good people at bama online jimmy uh always love this you know this seems like filler unless you're a big recruiting guy like i am and you are mm-hmm. um but the I know on three does this occasionally too. Andrew Bone does a good job with it. But this, I, Hank South came out with this from Bama Online talking about five guys who are potential flip candidates for Alabama. Now, look, some of them are pretty obvious. And so I, I'm going to skip past Demarcus Riddick, even though I know we'd all love to flip him. He's a five star out of uh, Chilton County. There's also Ellis Robinson, the fourth that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, a defensive back out of Bradenton, Florida, or IMG Academy, who Alabama thought they had a good shot with. He ended up committing to Georgia, so be it. Um, but there was – and then there's Dylan. Is it Dylan Evans? That, am I saying that right? Or Dylan? Is that, the, uh, is that the defensive lineman from Texas? Yes, Longview, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. Okay. And then but there's yes. Jordan – there's also Jordan Pride, who's uh, a four-star safety from Florida, who's committed to Florida State. The, and, but the one that really caught my attention, this is who I want you to focus on if, if you're able. I hope you are. I'm, I'm springing this on you. Jeremiah Smith, a five-star wide receiver from Apopka, Op, yeah. Apalaka, Florida, Shamanade, Madonna Prep. He's committed to Ohio State. Look, yeah, if you ask me – if you're a wide receiver being recruited by Ohio State at this point, you're a wide receiver I want. They do a really good job picking out good wide receivers. And uh, um, so I, this guy I'll seems like – I'll piggyback their receiver and offensive line offers every time. If yeah, Ohio State's offered you as a wide receiver and offensive lineman, I don't need to see film. I don't need to see a still photo. I don't need to see your name on a list. 
I just need to know Ohio State has offered you. I want you at wide receiver and offensive line. Everything else yeah. is up for debate. Quarterback to some extent. So tell us a little bit about him. And do you think Alabama has a real shot here? Or is this just uh, no. maybe they're putting in a paragraph? No, no. I, I, well, first of all, Hank South, who's a real pro, if he said it, I, I, I believe it. Uh, and, and that's good to hear. I, I'm thrilled to hear that because that guy may be the best prospect in the South that for whatever reason Alabama didn't seem to be in on, whether it's us and him or him and us, or is it you or is it me or the breakup thing where I, I, hey, it's not you, it's me. I, I don't know, chicken or egg, however you want to put it. I don't know whether the kid wasn't on board with us or we weren't on board with him, but it was just sort of like, this kid is incredible. Why is an Alabama involved? The fact that things seem to be, per BOL and Hank South, seem to be, you know, turning around, uh, or at least the kid may now have some interest and vice versa, that's good to hear because I'm going to tell you, this kid is elite. You know, I, I you know, I, I use forever the term six-star as a joke, as meaning that, hey, you have your five-stars, and then you have your five-star slam dunks. There are some kids who are five-stars that some people scratch their head over, or maybe they're not universal five-stars, or you know, maybe it's a five-star that has a measurables issue, so why would you be a five-star? This kid is a freaking five-star. He, he's very good, and he's an, a, a wide receiver that has an Ohio State offer, which is a super stamp of approval, you know. Uh, he's a big receiver. Uh, I'm not going to compare him to Julio, but I think he's in the Julio ballpark. I mean, in terms of how good this, this kid is, he'll be uh, He's from South Florida, which is where we all know has been a great provider of wide receiver talent to Alabama in the past six, eight, 10 years. And he's yet another South Florida wide receiver who's really good. Uh, a lot of those guys have signed with Ohio State too. So uh, I, I, I by the whole list, just like you, Luke, going over that whole list, Riddick, Ellis Robinson, some of the names we would expect. Uh, that's the name I don't, didn't expect, but I am thrilled to hear. He's a, a, a really, really good wide receiver prospect. Yeah, he's one that um, I'm just so intrigued with all the wide receivers this year. I mean, but I, I'll tell you what, again, if you tell me we don't get him, but we keep Ryan Williams for 2025, we keep Perry Thompson for this year, and then we get um, Cam Coleman out of Phoenix City. I would, I'd say, I'll take that deal. Now, if we ain't gonna get Cam Coleman, then I want to get this dude. But and I'm sure this dude is like your proverbial six star that you have. I mean, patent pending for you. Yeah. I just know uh, I really like the dude out of Phoenix City. I mean, I just saw him playing balance. I mean, it just. There's sometimes when you see somebody play a, even a different sport and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I want him. I, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Oh, I've seen so many football players. I mean, I can sit here and name them. I'm not, but I've seen a lot of football prospects that were kind of like three stars or like, should we take him or not? And then I watch him play basketball and I'm like, we've got to go get that kid to play football. And so I like you and you, you watch a lot of high school basketball, which I, I don't get to do. I just watch some and I see a lot of clips, but I'm just saying, does it help you to evaluate a football player watching them play basketball? Absolutely. And if you don't believe me, ask Nick Saban. Absolutely. You can, it's more data, data points, you know, in your evaluation. But uh, with me, with alignment, especially, not so much guards and shooters and 
basketball skilled kids, but I've seen multiple linemen, whether it's defense or even offense, but particular defense or pass rushers or bigger bodied linebackers. I've seen them play basketball. One, Reggie Raggle. Reggie Raggle, like a really, really good football prospect. And I'm not saying he wasn't a take based on his football tape. He, he certainly was. But when you also watched him play basketball in, in, in your head, he went from, you know, I think we need to take Reggie Ragland to, oh, my God, we've got to sign this guy to play football. Watch him on the basketball court. Because you can really see the kid's athleticism in space and really see his feet and his quickness and, and to some extent his ball skills. I know that may sound dumb to a lot of people but about a linebacker and ball skills, but uh, I'll share a, a, a conversation I had with an SEC coach one time. Talking about evaluate that a buddy of his in the industry had a really big reputation as one of the great recruiters and evaluators in the sport. Uh, absolutely had no interest in in a play for for you to interest him. You had to have great ball skills, and I'm like, for an offensive guard, and he's like, yes, and I'm like, an offensive tackle, yes, a nose guard, yes. He wanted you to be a ball player, not just a wrestler or a big guy that takes up space or you can bench a lot or you can run a four. He wanted to know, he wanted to throw a football at every nose guard. And, and if the guy can't catch it, then he didn't want him. And, and I'm sure to an extent that's a, that's a, a wives tale or an exaggeration, but I get it. I, I never forgot it. And, and, and I use it myself to an extent. I mean, it, 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 ball skills are a big thing to me. Uh, I don't know about the nose guard. I don't know about going that far, but this is a guy with the national reputation for being a great recruiter in evals, and uh, I hesitate to say he's wrong about anything. So, anyway, ball skills are a big deal, even for big dudes. And yes, you can evaluate football players on the basketball court, no question. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.